Hi guys, welcome to the DM with Audrey, Brienne, and Tyree. We are bringing you guys TV and film costuming design discussions. We are always in each other's DMs on Instagram. Every red carpet, I am in there chatting with Tyree. We have a good time, and so we wanted to just bring that to a wider audience and see if you guys want to join us in our quest to find some of the best in costuming and TV and film. Last week, we reviewed the movie Joker. We had a really great time, so make sure you go check it out if you haven't. And on this week's episode of The DM, we will be reviewing period piece film Mary, Queen of Scots. Welcome back. You're listening to The DM with Audrey, Brienne, and Tyree. I'm going to just jump right in, guys. This is a period piece, as I said, and it's set in 1561. So this movie stars uh, a 19-year-old Mary Stewart, played by Saoirse Ronan, and 28-year-old Queen Elizabeth, uh, who is portrayed by Margot Robbie, and they are cousins. The conundrum here is that Mary's husband has died. She's returning to her home country, and technically, because of birthright, she might be able to claim the throne from Elizabeth. So the entire movie, there you go. They're <laughs> yeah. fighting over the crown. <laughs> They're definitely fighting over the crown. So Mary Queen of Scots was directed by Josie Rourke. Um, I believe it was her first film. The wow. costume designer was Alexandra Brin. She's known for doing period pieces. She did Hamlet. She did Elizabeth. Phantom of the Opera. I believe she won an Oscar for Elizabeth in the Golden Age. Mm -hmm. Um, She's also done superhero films. She did The Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. So her scope and range is pretty big. Yeah, so she's done like period pieces and she's done superhero films. So in this movie, Mary Queen of Scots, it's our first time doing a period piece. I think it's um, interesting because it shows what people wore back in that time. Mm -hmm. And Alexandra, since she's known for doing period pieces, she has done costume work like that before. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get costumes that are for that specific timepiece. So in this movie, she decided to use denim as like her main form of costume. And so that's part of one of the inconsistencies that they faced in this movie. <laughs> I was just going to say, rewind <laughs> denim in 1591, because that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, so the first scene, I think Mary was sitting on the throne, and she was wearing, like, this cape type thing that mm-hmm. was, like, belted. And I was like, is she wearing jeans? Like, am wow. I watching a movie? What's the queen wearing? Like, denim? It's done very, like, regal. But I was watching about Alexandra, and she was saying that it's easier to get this material. It's also better for, like, wear and tear. Like, mm-hmm. Mary would ride horses. She was with her men in Scotland. It was, like, muddy and yeah. rainy. So that's what she used to, like, portray their wardrobes Mm -hmm. to make it, like, 
oh, it's easy accessible, it shows wear and tear, but it's maybe not necessarily accurate to the time period. Yeah, I feel like that's a big inaccuracy. And I think perhaps it's because you and I are in fashion, so I do understand sometimes when we're watching film and television, we know a little bit more when it comes to the costuming, but like that pulls me out of a film to see denim in that period. So I'm very surprised that both the director and costume designer agreed on that note to utilize it as much as they did. I don't know that I would call it a lazy note, but I think that it was a misstep to do that. Yeah, I just think it just modernizes the movie and maybe it takes it to a newer year, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the year that it's supposed to be in, Mm -hmm. which is kind of confusing if you didn't know the history between Mary and Elizabeth. You know, there's a film, um, Marie Antoinette, there's a remake of it that starred Kirsten Dunst. That I understood because right away they had them speaking English. Um, Marie Antoinette, is she's French, so obviously like that was a liberty that they took. But also they had things like Converse shoes and like they went really like modern with stuff. It was very intentional. I think that with this film, I don't know that it, it reads intentional. I get that they're wanting the mobility, but it it just takes me out of the film again. I think that there's other ways to do a fresh spin if that's what you're wanting it to be is like function first. There's other materials like easily they could have used like khaki. Like I feel like that's a great alternate and that's just a bit more true to what would have been available at the time as far as like fabrication. I know that it, you know, it makes your budget more costly because to use stuff like silks and satins, like it is more costly. But to be honest, I mean, it's Queen Elizabeth. Like even if she is riding a horse in the mud, she's probably in satin or like silks. Like I don't think that it matters at that point when you're queen of like, oh, wait, let me put my denim on because I'm going to get muddy. Like, I, I think she was wearing her regal outfits wherever she pleased. Yeah, and what the cool thing with the denim is they still made it, like, a dress. They mm-hmm. still made it corseted. With Queen Elizabeth, she wore these, they call them figure eights, mm-hmm. that accentuated her neck to make her neck look longer. And usually it's made out of lace, mm-hmm. and this time they use, like, nylon. So I feel like Alexandra was just trying to use cheaper materials yeah. for a wider And figure eight, guys, that's the puffy white thing that you see around people's necks in that time period. Yes. It's an interesting spin. I'll say that, like, it's an interesting take. And I appreciate that, that they did try it with the denim. But I think, again, it takes you out of the movie. I'm looking at some photos, guys, and it looks like there's a lot of blue. Like, Mary in particular is wearing a bunch of blue. I don't know if that necessarily signifies anything, but that seems like a color theme with her. Yeah, so Mary wore a lot of blue. She wore a lot of dark colors because she was mourning her husband's loss. Mm -hmm. It's just to show, like, a softer color. Got it. Because she was mourning, basically. Yeah, and I mean, in that regard, I definitely like Queen Elizabeth's look better. (laughs) Um, It's over the top. There's pearls and lace and all kinds of corsets going on. But it's not busy. You know, I've as we said, Alexandra, the costume designer, she's done other films. I love Elizabeth, the Golden Age, and Elizabeth, both films that Alexandra did costuming for. Those had expensive and very intricate costumes. I can tell that this film is different simply because if you're looking at how like voluminous 
the gowns are, they aren't actually in this. Like everything's fairly modest as far as like bigness of skirts and bigness of like ruffles and even the figure eights. The figure eights, they're fairly modest, you know, given what they could be. So in general, I don't know if it's a budget thing or not, but I did notice that this reads, and that may be due in part to that accessibility that she was wanting it to be like more movable that she made that decision. But I remember some of Queen Elizabeth's outfits. I felt a little disappointed because I was like, oh, like, I know in other movies that was supposed to be a big moment and, like, it falls a little short for me. Yeah, so Queen Elizabeth is definitely supposed to read more regal where Queen Mary Mm -hmm. is kind of like, she's trying to come back to regain her throne. Yeah. Where Queen Elizabeth, it is her throne. So, like, she's just more, like, regal. And I know that some of the costumes, like, I feel like when Queen Elizabeth finally met Mary, Mm -hmm. that yellow outfit, and she was wearing that orange wig, her face is patterned white, it looked like a band jacket uniform. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't look, like, I'm thinking, like, the queen is coming, you know, and she looked like she was wearing, like, a band jacket. Yeah, it's those inaccuracies that, again, are pulling us from the film. And I was just going to say, so when you said powdered face, so uh, Queen Elizabeth infamously had smallpox, and she had a really terrible bout of it, which left her scarred and a bit disfigured as far as the skin on her face. So when you would see her, this day and age, you would call it beat, but like (laughs) she's got a lot of makeup on. Concealer. Yeah, to, to conceal her smallpox scarring that she's got on her face. And unfortunately, like Queen Elizabeth had a lot going on other than being, you know, childless, uh, husbandless. She also was balding, like her wigs just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But like we do see a scene, which Tyree was just saying, where Mary and Elizabeth meet one another and the queen takes off her wig. And I mean, this girl's hair, it's from the smallpox as well. She lost a lot of her hair, but you know, it's just the queen's a little rundown. Yeah, and I, I think that's the contrasting thing of... Queen Elizabeth to Queen Mary is one portrays beauty mm-hmm. and the other one doesn't. And one wants to be super regal and the other one's very natural. Yeah. So I think they try to portray that. But Queen Elizabeth, she's going through all of these things, like the smallpox. She's kind of overcompensating with her wardrobe yeah. where the other one is just trying to like learn kind of who she is. Well, I mean, you know, Queen Elizabeth, she dresses, her outfits are by occasion. So it's like, she puts thought and effort into it. If you watch the movie, she's always got people helping her into her outfits. Like, these are so intricate that it takes sometimes two and three people to lace up her corset. There is a discrepancy that we read online in an article that, I mean, dissected this (laughs) this movie, tore it apart. But it's not true to the, the time period that grommets would be metal that day and age and I actually didn't notice that when I was looking at the film but in reading the article and going back and then seeing it it was like yeah you guys didn't have that technology yet right and someone said that for the figure eights they Mm -hmm. should have the figure eights and the headpieces because they did have really cool headpieces with like the jewels in it some beautiful Um, people said that they should have did 3d printing how would that work what's 3d printing 3D printing is just like making something and mm-hmm. then printing it out to make it 3D, I guess. So okay. like a lot of people use 3D printing for clothing nowadays. Okay. She was saying that it was like too expensive or the way that it would show like they wanted to elongate her neck. They would mm-hmm. have to measure her neck like exactly to make it fit versus like 
putting on material and yeah. they could just like tighten it or something. So, so I mean, it sounds like shortcuts is what they wanted to take, right. which is fine, but I think it shows up it in the film. It definitely shows for sure. Yeah, and there's just some that, um, again, this article really did tear this movie apart. Overall, I really liked both the film, but the costuming, I loved it. I love period pieces. It's just there, for me, it is a smorgasbord of fashion. Like, yeah. I almost get overwhelmed with period pieces because I'm just like, where am I supposed to look? Like, am I supposed to look at the jewelry? Am I supposed to look at the crown, the brooch, the, ah, she's wearing like that great color red. Like, I don't know. Like, my eye doesn't know where to go. And that's the cool thing, I think, about regal period pieces is you know that the queen is wearing jewels. Mm -hmm. You know she's wearing like her fur. She's wearing the most expensive thing because the queen is here. So I think like that's what I like about period pieces. Sometimes the story is a little drawn out and boring, but I felt like they did a really good job of explaining the story through the costumes Mm -hmm. and the way that the costume designer explained it of like, how the movie was presented, how she's riding horses, how she's shooting guns, how she's, especially Mary, not so much Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. but that's how they got to the costuming is because she was an active person. And I think in the film, we see the struggle and the competition between the two queens because for Mary, you know, she is regal, but it's always just a little in comparison to the queen. It falls flat. Downplayed. Yeah, and the queen, she is powerful. She is rich. She just comes across very, like, I wish I had another word, but, like, she's just very powerful and present when she's on screen. There's something about Mary that's a little drab, but Mary has the upper hand in the, like, beauty department. She's younger. She's prettier naturally. So, like, I feel like they kind of played on that is that Mary doesn't have to do all of the -the over-the-top stuff because she's already pretty and she's young. So, like, she can just throw on her gown and sort of, like, braid her hair and, like, call it a day. She doesn't have to have special wigs with, like, pearls and stuff made for her. So I really liked the contrast of it. I thought that was an interesting um, way to sort of like have the two be further in competition with one another. And with Mary, majority of the time she wore like blues and grays and darker colors. Mm -hmm. But in the end of the film, she dies. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I guess I could say it because this happened in 1561. (laughs) So hopefully you guys know. But she um, is wearing like a robe Mm -hmm. and she's walking to get executed. And then they undress her and she's wearing this red gown. And the red gown shows like symbolism for the Catholic martyrdom. And it's like a person who like suffers. Yeah. Persecution. Yeah, it's like a person who is, I mean, basically what you just said, they're taking one for the team is kind of an easy way to say what martyrdom is about. But they are giving of their life in favor of others. Yeah, and so like the cool thing is, um, I don't know if you guys know the history, but she went to jail for being, she was supposed to like kill Queen Elizabeth or something. They were just jealous of each other's beauty. So Queen Elizabeth didn't have kids and Queen Mary had a son and the son became king of like Scotland and England. So it all worked out. Hopefully you guys paid attention in school. Um, like I mean, <laughs> yes, like supposedly we're just supposed to be talking about the costumes. So like if you could research, that would be great. Yeah, we didn't want to make this a history lesson for you guys because there, there's so much. It's this hour clocks in at two hours, 12 minutes. Um, 
So there, there was a lot to take in, but we did want to focus on the clothing. And right, yeah. I feel like we've kind of given you guys a really nice um, overview of what the costuming is like. But I do want to say one thing. Because okay. um, we did focus mainly on Mary and Queen Elizabeth, is that the other cast members, like her staff and the men in the film, they had good costumes as well. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start with Sersha or Margot for we're going to talk to you guys about some red carpet looks now. So we're going to talk about red carpets. Um, I think we should start with Sersha. Miss Ronan. Okay, so Sersha Ronan is styled by Elizabeth Salzman. And Elizabeth Salzman is known for Gwyneth Paltrow, Julia Gardner, Poppy Delavine. Where do you want to start? And Saoirse, I, I love Sersha. Let's start with Queen Ronan because I think this girl nails the red carpet. I think that Sersha is doing it. I rarely see her misstep. She is all over the place because she's very chameleon-like and she very early on in her career made that a thing that she did. Like, Shersha's not one that you can be like, oh, she only wears slip dresses or she only wears jumpsuits. She changed it up as soon as she came out with Atonement was her first film that she did. Mm. And I mean, already back then she was wearing like Mew Mew and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, you guys can hear it in my voice. Like, I praise, praise be to <laughs> Shersha Ronan. So... I don't have that same vibe, but I do. <laughs> I love her style. I think she's definitely a cool girl. She switches it up all the time. I feel like she knows her style mm-hmm. and she knows what she wants to wear. One of my favorite looks from Sersha is actually from the Mary Queen of Scots premiere where mm-hmm. she wore Carolina Herrera. And it was just very like regal. It kind of looks like a nightgown with like a jeweled neck. It has like a collared neck. The neck kind of reads like Balmain or something. Mm-hmm. And then she just looks like she's wearing a nightgown, but it's white. It's like a cream color. It's very flowy. She just looks like she is at the premiere of her movie and mm-hmm. she plays the queen. Like They did a great job. They <laughs> yeah. were very on point with letting you know, like Tyree said, it's a period piece. You can tell that right away from looking at this gown. It's very ethereal. She looks otherworldly. It's a bit costumey in itself. I yeah. was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of Arwen from Lord of the Rings. It's just very fairy-like. <laughs> yeah, it, It's a home run for me, at least with this dress it is. Also, I think with Sersha, just like we spoke about in the last episode, she's mm-hmm. very conscious about her ecological footprint, I would say. And so to the BAFTA, she wore this black Gucci gown. And it's just like a pretty simple gown. It has spaghetti straps, a tight bodice, and then like just a skirt. Mm-hmm. And it looks very simple, but it's made out of recycled materials. And from those recycled materials to her Oscar gown, she used the same material. So she was definitely aware of her footprint. That's cool that they thought about sustainability. That was a very popular step that a lot of people took. I hope that it's not just a trend because it's really, really great that now stylists, designers, and the talent themselves are wanting to be aware of that. So I hope it continues. Um, You know, Joaquin Phoenix, who we talked about last week on Joker, he wore the same suit all of award season. I do think that this was a miss for the Oscars. So guys, her gown is a very, 
very deep plunge tank bodice and it has a peplum that starts right underneath her bosom and the peplum is wide. It's very exaggerated. Then there is a second peplum that she has that's a bit more modest and then she's got a full ball gown like skirt situation that is sky blue. It looks like they've dyed the fabric because um, again, her BAFTA dress was all black and they recycled it for the Oscars. It's too much going on. It swallows her. This looks like art student project status to me. <laughs> I'm dead with art project. But I think this is not my favorite look from her. It definitely, like the skirt, it has too much fabric. I wish they would have made it like a pencil skirt if they were going to do like the peplum because the peplum already adds so much volume. Mm-hmm. Or they could have just like chopped maybe like a foot off the bottom and just made the skirt like shorter and maybe left it black. That blue is like too much. I don't know where she's going in this gown. Yeah. Where are you going, Shersha? Because it's not to the Oscars. Um, she's <laughs> got some other outfits we should take note of and talk about. Her Met Gala look. So she was part of the Gucci squad. Gucci saw Jared Leto. Um, my man Harry Styles was there, co-chair, and Shersha. And Shersha has, it, it is over the top, but it is so regal. She's, let me try to explain this because a lot is happening and Tyree help me if you want. (laughs) She's got a column dress that is sequin and red is the main color. On the skirt part of it there is an embroidered, it looks like a feather, like a gold feather falcon phoenix something going on. And then her upper bodice, it almost looks like armor she has on because the upper bodice changes color and it's um, silver and green that she has going on. Long sleeves and again just this crazy body jewelry I would call it because like it's scaling out like it looks like armor to me that she has on and it's gold and scaling and curling and then homegirl just like she just sideswept her hair her hair is down it looks like it she got a nice blowout and I love that they went simple on the makeup and hair here because this dress is a lot and I do just have to lastly note love the tailoring her skirt is kissing the ground as it should yeah so Everything that you said is correct. I think that when a dress fits like perfectly, it makes a world of difference. Um, The only thing that I would change about this is probably pulling her hair back. Just because the dress has so much going on, it's just kind of like, I put this dress on and my hair is just natural. Mm -hmm. Like just push it back a little bit or put it in a low pony and this would be great. She looks better with her hair pushed back. You sound like a mean girl. (laughs) Um, And the last look I think we should make note of for Miss Ronan is her 2019 Golden Globes look. Um, Again, Gucci. So she's not necessarily, as far as I know, she's not an ambassador to Gucci, um, but she she really does wear it quite a bit. She has a beautiful, long, silver rhinestone encrusted maybe it's you know what it's not rhinestone encrusted this is chain link I think it's chains yeah yeah she's got this long column chain link deep plungy situation going on it's like a second skin on her she popped it with a a bit of color and has a red lip and her hair is slicked back yeah um and away from her face yes we can't see the shoes because the gown is floor sweeping but this is a tough look to pull off. Not only do you have to be pretty in shape for it, but you also have to have a lot of confidence because she's bare-necked. And as far as I can see her wrist, like... She doesn't have anything on. She's yeah, wearing, no like, jewelry. earrings. Her yeah. earrings have, like, emerald 
dangly things. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she's not wearing anything on her neck. She's not wearing anything on her wrist. She doesn't have any other jewelry. It's basically a chain link dress. Yeah. And it looks amazing. Like, this is probably one of my favorite looks from her, for sure. It's so beautiful. I love that we did Sersha's red carpet style. I, I cannot wait to see what she brings to the table. And I feel like she's so young. Like, mm-hmm. she's so new and fresh that I love seeing, like, these young girls, like, they convey their own style, their own confidence, and they may not have hit every single moment, but you can tell that they're going in the right direction, which you think she hits every moment because <laughs> I love her. Yeah, but like it's cool because it's like she's still she's still growing, so yeah. she's going to get way better. She's totally growing, and I think that that segues into Miss Margot Robbie. I think Margot's growing, too. As much as Margot, she's a little older than Sersha, but Margot is new to the scene. Wolf of Wall Street is what saw us having Margot Robbie be this spectacular A-lister. Right. Um, but yeah, let's dive into her red carpet. What do you what do you think, Tyree? Um, so Margot, I love Margot Robbie. At first I was like, ooh, am I really feeling Margot? 2020 was like a difficult year for me to understand her. Mm-hmm. Like what you said with Wolf of Wall Street, she came out and she was like this blonde bombshell. And there's only one miss from that year that I cannot not talk about. We've known her so long being blonde and at the Oscars she showed up with brown hair and I was like, ooh, like that. <laughs> that ooh. I mean, like you're working on your image so like that's something that you should keep your hair the same. Yeah. Um, but going into 2020, she was definitely an understatement for me during award season. She did a lot of Chanel. Um, there was one Chanel dress at the SAG Awards, I believe, that I cannot, like, You can't I, deal with I it. I can't at all. She wore this, like, is that halter top? It is a halter, yeah. She's wearing a halter top dress that is, like, blue. It's tartan, I believe. And tartan is, like, gingham. It's, like, crossing of stripes, basically. So she's wearing, like, this blue tartan dress. It has a blue tie. And then it's, like tiered at the bottom. She looks like a cake or something, but it's Mm -hmm. Chanel. So it's like, when I think of people on the red carpet and they get dresses from like Chanel and Louis Vuitton and Dior, you're picking from everything and the designer makes you something and I just can't believe like that's what they made for her. You said I can't believe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, guys, if you saw this dress, it looks like plaid basically, even though it's gingham and and tartan, but um, it's, it's not it, and she looks like she's getting ready. To, she's got on her farmer milkmaid best <laughs> best look, and she's about to run around in the fields. Yes. It's not appropriate to the award show that she's going to. Right. Um, this is more of a luncheon look. This is more of a, if she did anything polo-wise, yeah. like that's where maybe you wear something like this. It's far too casual. You wear it to a picnic. Yep. In the South or something. Sorry. But one <laughs> thing I do want to talk about is her 2020 Golden Globe look. Because, mm-hmm. like, through the this last award season, she wore a lot of Chanel. I think she mm-hmm. wore Chanel pretty much the She's whole time. She's a Chanel ambassador, so it makes sense. Yeah. And, like, the Golden Globes, her outfit had some mixy motions. And I personally liked it because I think it's just, like, a fresh look. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing, like, this top that's sequin. It's a strapless top that's sequin, and the bottom is just like a simple white skirt. I think people were thinking, oh, why isn't she wearing a gown? But I, for this 
I think it's like cool because it's like it's so fresh. I just threw this on. My hair is just like whatever. She didn't try. I remember being in the DMs with you and we both loved this look. <laughs> yeah. We both really applauded this look. It's a breath of fresh air. Like really, when I look at her, I could feel myself just kind of go, because <sighs> like this was just like, okay, like yeah. thank you for bringing some lightness to this. Fussy. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not that serious. She looks very cool, girl. This is very Sienna Miller. This is very Cara Delevingne. Like just that cool girl yeah. who like saddles up to an award show and is like, hey, I was at the beach for a sec, but yeah. like I needed to throw on this Chanel gown and like accept <laughs> this award. And it touches the ground perfectly. Like mm-hmm. I was at the beach, I threw this on and it fits. Yep. <laughs> I loved this vibe. I know that, like you said, Tyree, it was controversial. But for you and I, I know yeah. that we we both gave this an A+. But I think Margot Robbie, when she started going on her Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. press, that's when she started amplifying her looks. I remember, like, one time she changed, like, six times in a day. Yeah. And I think that's very impressive. But I think think for like the award season that wasn't her best looks but then once she started wearing like Jackie Mousse and Oscar de la Renta and other Chanel's like once you get out of a brand and start wearing other things you can figure out your look basically and looking at her sort of like profile most of her Chanel's hit I do think she makes sense as a brand ambassador I think that like the fit the cut the look um, is great my favorite Chanel moment from her of the few that we've picked out is the 2018 Oscars where she wore this lovely just stark white gown with a train and then at the shoulders it is draping down I think it's got rhinestone is what's happening but it's a little bit of rhinestone encrustation that's draping both in the front and draping on her shoulders and her hair is just down and again she's doing the cool girl beachy vibe but like she looks stunning to me like this is just pow for me and her purse is like a diamond or something I I love this look yeah her little purse is just like dangling from her fingers like yeah I've just got this expensive little rhinestone like I love Margot in this look it was a powerful Chanel for me was the 2018 Oscars Yeah, how did you feel about the 2020 Oscars? The 2020 Oscars, she was wearing vintage Chanel Haute Couture, and it's not it. Um, I like her necklace. Is that a necklace, or is that part of the dress? I think it's just a brooch that they put on there. I like that. The reason why I asked is because the 2018 Oscars, she wore Chanel, and she did, like, the shoulder thing. Mm -hmm. So 2020, she did the same shoulder thing, and it's not the same Look. No. What do you think of this look for 2020 Oscars? Um, I feel like it's a little lazy. Um, I don't care for it particularly. I do think it's great that it's vintage, it's haute couture, Chanel, but I'm not feeling it. I don't I don't <laughs> get it. I don't understand. I feel like when you go to the Oscars, you show up like you're at the Oscars, and this is kind of like, I don't know. I just I'm not getting it. It's fallen flat for you because you you are. I, I wish you guys were here because I can feel it from Tyree's end that yeah. he's he's not here for this dress. I just don't know what to say. Yeah, it's it's she's in a sea of black. She's another girl at another award show in another black gown with for a me. lot of fabric. Yeah, and it's it fits her well. Um, great job on the tailoring. So I mean, they got that right, but this just isn't how you present a best dressed moment right. for someone. She's. Fine is what this yeah, you know, okay. looks like. 
But yeah, Margot, a lot like Shersha, there's a lot to explore for these girls. They don't keep it monotone by any means. Yeah, and I think that's what I love about Margot Robbie is like, even though like there's some things that may not work for her, I feel like she has like a effervescence, I would say, Mm -hmm. that she can literally wear anything. And she has the right brand she's working with. She's working with Kate Young, who is a great stylist. She works with like Selena Gomez, Michelle Williams, Dakota Johnson. Mm -hmm. And Margot Robbie is a star. So like, that's it, basically. Yeah, her star quality is there. <laughs> and like her her personality is a lot of why these outfits work for her. She's got a great presence, seems very bubbly. And even, like Tyree said, even when they're not completely getting it with these looks, Margot still looks confident. Hair and makeup is always on point. So it's just a little bit of tweaking they need to do, I think, in 2021 for her. But you're going to see her across many best dress lists. She always is, and she's there for a reason. She's got a great team behind her. I, I love reviewing her because she's she's one to watch. And she's a great actress. Yeah. So, guys, um, that's our wrap-up, I got to say, for a red carpet for Shersha Ronan and Margot Robbie. And And yeah, again, we reviewed the film Mary, Queen of Scots. You'll find links to Mary, Queen of Scots' homepage and streaming services in the description box below. A special thank you to Nearby Sound for our theme song. If you enjoyed our show, please introduce a friend to our work and tell them to subscribe. The DM is produced by Joe Passarelli, Audrey Brienne, and Tyree. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode of The DM. We would love if you guys would come and follow us. Get in our DMs. You can follow me at Audrey Brienne and AudreyBrienne.com. You can follow me Tyree's Style, S-S-T-Y-L-E, or TyreeStyle.com. So you guys can find us at The DM on iTunes and anywhere that podcasts are available on your device. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. This was super, super fun. Thank you. Bye, Bye guys.